Welcome to Commune, a global wellness community and online course platform featuring some of the world's greatest teachers. We are on a mission to inspire, heal, pass down wisdom, and bring the world closer together. This is the Commune Podcast, where each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us live this healthy, connected, and purpose-filled life. You can learn more about our courses, our community, and everything we do at onecommune.com. Okay, so I am experimenting with peppering in some excerpts from Commune courses here on the podcast. We have built such an incredible library of teachers and programs that it seems only logical to leverage this platform as a means to further spread these valuable ideas. Of course, I will continue to feature new interviews and musings as well. Today's episode is an excerpt from Dr. Mary Pardee's commune course, Gut Health, which offers a deep dive into how you can enjoy a healthy digestive system, from microbiome essentials to discussions about specific gut conditions like irritable bowel syndrome, reflux, and leaky gut. You can enjoy this program free for five days at onecommune.com gut. In this lesson, Dr. Mary takes us through the full digestion process, from plate to toilet. It's an incredible feat of biology, but it can also sometimes go wrong along the way. The more you know, the better you can take care of your gut. You can learn more about Commune at onecommune.com and connect with us on Instagram at onecommune and at Jeff Krasno. I hope you enjoyed this lesson with Dr. Mary Pardee. Today, we're diving straight into how the digestive system works so we have a better understanding of how things can go wrong. Your gastrointestinal or GI tract is responsible for the digestion, the absorption of all the food and fluids you consume every single day. It somehow takes things like kale and chicken and breaks them down to single amino acids, fats, glucose, which are all absorbed over the intestinal wall and made into energy by your cells. But in order to get from food to energy, we need a healthy GI tract to start with. Now we're gonna start with just that. How does a healthy GI tract function? Let's start from the top, literally with your mouth. Your GI tract is a long tube that is actually on the outside of your body. Now you might be thinking, last time I checked, my guts were in the inside. And I know it sounds weird, but you can think of yourself as a paper towel roll. So you have that cardboard interior of the paper towel roll, and that's actually on the outside, right? The GI tract is exactly the same. It's a continuous tube that runs from your mouth all the way down to your anus, and it's technically on the outside of your body. This is important because our GI tract is actually a surface that communicates with the outside world. This is also another reason why we need to protect our intestinal lining. It's the barrier between our insides and the outsides, similar to your skin. The easiest way to learn about how the GI tract works is to follow a meal from the mouth, well, to the toilet. So imagine you're eating a healthy whole foods dinner like broccoli, grass-fed beef, or some sweet potato and olive oil. Chewing your food is step number one. This is really the only mechanical digestion that we get through the entire digestive process. Now, mechanical digestion is just what it means. It is the physical breakdown from the force of your teeth to the food. The rest of digestion is all chemical. 
This is also why chewing well is so important. After you chew your food, it passes from the mouth to the esophagus and then into the stomach. The stomach is the storage vessel. It controls the rate that the contents can be moved into the small intestine. The stomach is also where hydrochloric acid and pepsin are released. Your stomach's pH is about a 1.5. Now, to put this into perspective, the pH of water is around a 7, our blood's pH is 7.4, and battery acid has a pH of around 0. So 1.5 is very, very acidic. It's actually more acidic than lemon juice. Pepsin is a digestive enzyme, and both pepsin and hydrochloric acid produced in the stomach help to break down the proteins, like that chicken that we ate. Now, the acidic environment of the stomach is also crucial for killing bacteria and breaking apart other toxins that might have gotten in through our food. It's a defense mechanism. And this is why not having enough stomach acid can be detrimental. We need our stomach acid, it's essential. We need the low pH of the stomach to break down our food and to kill potential pathogens to prevent the overgrowth of bacteria. We're gonna discuss a few conditions like reflux and SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which can both be caused by low stomach acid, so keep this in mind for the future videos. Now once food is all mixed up by the stomach and it's acidic enough, it slowly enters the small intestines. The small intestines is called small because of its diameter, not because of its length. The small intestine is actually about 15 to 20 feet long. It needs to be this long because this is where the majority of absorption of our nutrients is going to occur. Vitamins and macronutrients like carbohydrates, protein, and fats are all absorbed in the small intestine. In order to do this, the small intestine has tiny finger-like projections called villi. And on these villi are even smaller projections called microvilli. They're like a brush border, little projections like fingers in your intestines. These little outpouches increase the surface area of the intestines so that we can absorb all the nutrients that we need. These folds also make the small intestines 30 times the surface area that it would be without them. Now, 30 times the surface area is really, really large. If you flattened out the entire small intestines, it would be about the size of a tennis court. Ideally, these finger-like projections are nice and long and healthy so that we can absorb all the nutrients that we need. When the food mixture enters the small intestines, it's greeted by digestive enzymes that are released from the pancreas, as well as bile from the gallbladder and the liver, and these contents are neutralized, meaning they're made less acidic. Enzymes made by the pancreas are responsible for breaking down your chicken or your protein into amino acids. They break down the sweet potato or carbohydrates into simple sugars like glucose, and then they break down fats like olive oil into short-chain fatty acids. Pancreatic enzymes are so important. They do a large majority of the digestive process. So what causes the release of these enzymes in the first place? Acidic material in the small intestines is actually the trigger for the pancreatic enzymes to be released. This is why having a low pH and plenty of acid in the stomach is so important. This is also why the long-term use of medications that block the stomach acid can be really problematic for your gut health because you're not gonna get those pancreatic enzymes to be released. The other thing that we use to digest our food comes from the gallbladder. The bile that's released from the liver is stored in the gallbladder until it's needed. Bile is responsible for acting like a detergent, like a soap, to further emulsify or break down your fats so that they can be absorbed. If bile is released ineffectively, then you may experience diarrhea because those fats aren't getting absorbed, so it speeds your gut up. And when you have too much fat in your stool, 
Well, let's just say that accidents can happen. This is why some people who have had their gallbladder removed experience digestive issues. I wanna pause and take a closer look at something. If you haven't noticed, it's really important that hydrochloric acid, pepsin, and pancreatic enzymes are released to help us break down our food so we can absorb them. But how does your body know to release these compounds? Acetylcholine is a key neurotransmitter. It's the key neurotransmitter in the parasympathetic nervous system. This is your rest and digest nervous system. It means that if we're not in a relaxed state when we eat our food, then the proper amount of digestive enzymes, hydrochloric acid, aren't gonna be released and your food might not be broken down efficiently, leading to symptoms like indigestion, reflux, diarrhea, constipation, bloating, any of these. Well, you're gonna hear me say this over and over, but a lot of GI conditions are likely caused by a disruption of the nervous system, like low parasympathetic tone, causing us to be in a constant state of fight or flight. All right, but back to digestion 101. All of the food, after it passes through the 15 feet of small intestines, it's going to get to the entrance of the large intestines, or the colon. This is a much larger diameter tube that's about five feet long, and in this tube we absorb the rest of the water to make our solid stool, or to make your poop. This seems simple, but this is where we can have some issues. You see, the rate of motility of the intestines will determine the consistency of your poop, and poop consistency matters. We'll talk about that soon. If things are moving too quickly, then not enough water will be absorbed, and you're gonna end up with loose stools or diarrhea. And on the flip side, if things are moving too slowly, then too much water is absorbed, and you're gonna be left with those little rabbit pellets or constipation. The rest of the nutrients are also absorbed in the colon, but most of that already happened in the small intestines. The colon serves another big purpose though. It's the main storage container for your gut microbiome. We're gonna do a deep dive into the gut microbiome later, but this is a community of bacteria, fungi, viruses that help us digest our food, make our vitamins, modulate our immune system, and so, so much more. But back to our chicken, broccoli, and sweet potato. These foods are now looking a lot like poop, and they will finally make their way across the colon, through the rectum, and into the toilet. So the mission is accomplished. We just covered a lot about the physiology behind the gut, which can be dense material, but it makes the rest of this course a lot easier to understand. How things can go wrong in the digestive system is all based on what should be going right in the first place. So what does healthy digestion look like from the outside though? What does it feel like? One good way to determine the health of your gut is to look at your poop. So in the next video, we're gonna talk all things poop, what it should look like, even what it should smell like. See you then. Thanks for listening. As always, feel free to email me at jeffk at onecommune.com or follow me on Instagram at Jeff Krasman. And make my mom proud. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That's all from the commune for this week. My name is Jeff Krasno, and I am here for you.